This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, August 31st, 2014. Connection World, The Arcade. Ah, The Arcade! That's our focus today as we wind up our series, Connection World Amusement Park. Good morning, Connection Church. <clears throat> My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for today. It's no accident that any one of us are here. Thank you that we get to be here and hang out with you and one another. And I pray that you'll stretch us today. Stretch us and show us something that we might have forgotten or that we might not have thought of before. Something important for our lives. So we give this time to you now, in Jesus' name, and everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. So the arcade, that, that part of the amusement park where we find all the games, from the, the latest electronic video game to the, uh, to the game where you throw a baseball and try to knock all the milk bottles off the milk can, uh, <clears throat> and all the games in between, you know, the, the uh, uh, ring toss, the... Uh, the I don't know what the official name is. I call it the water gun balloon fill, <coughs> the roll the ball, horse race, uh, throwing a basketball, <coughs> excuse me, football, softball, through a hoop, a hole, or into a basket. We got whack-a-mole, we got leapfrog, we got wheel of fortune, we got swing the mallet and ring the bell, the dunk tank, the pop balloons with a, uh, with a dart, bouncing a ping pong ball into the fish bowl. The list goes on and on and expensively on. Some of the games you play by yourself, some you're competing against other people. Usually there's some kind of prize you may win or more likely you won't win. Sometimes you accumulate tickets, sometimes you get the prize instantly. Here's the thing, though, the greater the risk, greater the prize. It never ceases to amaze me, though, how we're willing to spend ten dollars for a $2 prize. Yeah, you know, you know. My favorite is skee-ball. Anybody like skee-ball? Yeah, it's so much fun. Well, as we said, the greater the risk, the bigger the prize. I always wonder what draws people to the arcade. What is it? I mean, perhaps it's the idea of risk and, you know, winning and losing and focused on getting those tickets or the prize or whatever, and sometimes it's easy to lose track of how much money you're putting in because it sort of gets a little addictive at times. You know, arcades in themselves are kind of harmless, but we're using this as a setup for a bigger truth. Maybe it's getting to carry around a big stuffed animal for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the idea. Anyway. <laughs> we, we haven't had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Games of chance is what we're talking about here, right? Most of them are games of chance. There's risk. There's winning and losing. We find these things in the arcade. But we also find these things in life, don't we? Yeah. Big difference, though. In, in, in life, the stakes are much, much, much greater than in the arcade. In the arcade, you might lose a few bucks. In life, you might lose it all. Every day we wake up to risk. Every day, 
twisting our ankle when we get out of bed, mm. slipping in the shower, burning our hand on the stove. I mean, there's risk that happens, an accident on the way to work. There is risk in living, isn't there? Just risk. And we can minimize that risk by taking extra precautions, being careful, but we can never fully eliminate risk. Risk is a part of life. Now, some of these risks just seem to happen and they're out of our control. But there are other risks that are very much in our control. And the question is this. We have to ask ourselves, how much risk am I willing to take? How much of a chance am I willing to take with my life? Mm -hmm. There's risk because every day we have the opportunity to make some very bad choices. Choices that will result in bad outcomes for us, for those we love, for those who count on us. Throughout the day we have opportunities to choose poorly. And often we do so because we haven't planned ahead of time to kind of put a border on our behavior, put a boundary, put a fence around what we might do. If we haven't thought ahead as to what might happen, if we haven't put limits in advance on, on what we allow ourselves to do. There's a pastor, Andy Stanley, North Point Church in Atlanta, um, great pastor, and he has this teaching series called Guardrails. How many people are familiar with that? Yeah, a number of you, guardrails. It is this great teaching. He compares life to a highway and compares the limits we put on ourselves to guardrails being in place, those barriers that keep us from running off the road, from having bad accidents. Boy, I wish there had been a guardrail six years ago when my car skid on Route 1 into the other side of the highway. Wow, they are so valuable guardrails to have in place. The church has invested in this media library, this video library called Right Now Media, and we want to encourage all of you to sign up for Right Now Media if you have not. There are forms back at that uh, counter where you can sign up, and this teaching is available. You just go on and you'll get an invite, click on that, and then you can look up guardrails. I'm doing that just on my own right now. Right now, media, lots of ways to uh, grow. Just leave this at guest services once mm. you filled it out. So let me give you an example of an everyday kind of risk that at first you might not think is that risky, but trust me, it can be very, very risky. Something that each of us might encounter. Let's say, let's say that you have a coworker of the opposite sex that you find attractive and interesting. Entertaining, let's say. You enjoy the time when you're around each other, even though you're both married to other people. But you know, you know it's not going to go anywhere. So let's say you go down to the lunchroom there at work, and, and that other person is sitting there all by themselves at that table. Poor thing. <laughs> poor, poor thing. It's not fair that they should be eating lunch all by themselves when you're there to entertain them. So you sit down. It's innocent enough. It's just lunch. It's just lunch. Nothing's going to happen. Or is it? 
trouble is you've opened the door to possibilities. The, the door is open to another lunch, another lunch, another lunch. The door uh, is open to enjoying that person's company that much more. The door is open for, uh, to have someone to talk to, especially if you're having trouble talking to your spouse. And if you've been married more than two days, Really? <laughs> I'm talking from what I read. <laughs> this certainly hasn't been my experience. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I can tell by your stifled laughter. Anyway, you know, you, you're that person that you can now share things with because you just can't share them other places. And, um, you know, the excitement of the arcade pales in comparison to that lunch with that other person. And that's be probably because the risk is so much greater. You're playing a game of chance in which you could lose not just a few dollars, but you could lose everything. And the question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? So what do we do about that? <laughs> We're suggesting to prepare in advance, to put guardrails in place. We know that in today's world and in the business world, there are those lunches. We know that there are those times when you have to meet. But be careful with that. Do it in an open place. Have a third person with you. Be above reproach. It's kind of a funny story that happened, true life, like about two months ago. Jeff Johnston, Nancy, great friends, close friends. Jeff has this cool car, this red car I posted on Facebook. Anyway, my mom always wanted a ride in that car. She never got a ride. So one day I hear the noise outside, run, 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 and Jeff says, I'm here to take you for a ride, your proxy, you know, for your mom. I'm like, cool. And we're getting in the car and, uh, you know, we take off and we're on this back road and I'm thinking, uh-oh, what if somebody sees me with Jeff Johnston on a back road? In a hot red car. In a hot red car. Smiling. Smiling. You're right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And there's no guardrails on that back road. No. <laughs> you know, absolutely innocent enough. But you know what I did? I got, I got back to my office and I called out and I said, hey Alan, guess what? Jeff did a really nice thing. He took me for a ride in, in his red car. So you know, if anybody says, I saw Karen. Then I said, hey Nance, how you doing? Oh Jeff, your husband's so wonderful. He took me for, you know, he really took mom, but it was me. You know, all kidding aside, we have to have guardrails in place. Mm. And innocent enough, we just need to do that. We need to be above reproach. You know, the evangelist Billy Graham made it a point to never go out for lunch or a meal uh, with uh, a woman one-on-one -on -one other than his wife. I mean, he took it to the end because he even included his daughters in that because for him it was twofold. One, uh, to avoid any possibility, but also to be above reproach for people seeing that because he was highly visible, a public uh, a person uh, said the one time uh, he was 
Hillary Clinton wanted a meeting with him, and, and it was kind of hard to avoid, so they did, have, but it was in the very middle of a very public, open, well-lit restaurant, and I'm sure his staff and everybody knew what was going on because he wanted to make sure that there was never a question or a possibility of it being more than just lunch. But you know, this, this type of uh, risk goes far beyond just meals, far beyond lunches, dinners, breakfasts. It involves phone calls, texts, emails, any other form of communication that you might consider. And, and, and here's the thing. If you're texting or emailing or somebody, especially the other sex, always ask yourself, would I want my spouse to read this text? And if your answer is no, chances are pretty good you shouldn't be having that communication unless maybe it's a surprise party for them. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. amen. Yeah. All right, so you're probably thinking, boy, they are really out there. I'm in control. I know myself. <coughs> I know what my boundaries are. There's nothing wrong with a little attention with a friend, have a little fun, a little back and forth, maybe a little flirting. <laughs> well, Proverbs chapter 14 gives us um, some tips on this. Let's take a look. There's a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again. It leads straight to hell. <laughs> sure, those people appear to be having a good time, but all laughter will end in heartbreak. Hmm. More guardrails. How about the things that we're looking at? Magazines, TV, computer. You know, we're bombarded daily with risky possibilities. You just stand at the checkout line at the store and, and your, your eyes are bombarded with, with, with risky uh, possibilities. And uh, uh, it never ceases to amaze me because I'm online a lot, do a lot of research for uh, messages and just online a lot. And I'm doing research for a message and there's this column that pops up on the right, some, some uh, opportunity to learn a foreign language. I don't know what a scantily clad, attractive female in the ad has to do with learning Italian. But there she is. Because I guess if you're a guy, it's more likely you're going to click on attractive female than you are learn Italian for $249. Clicking on that button, though, I don't, I don't want to do because, first of all, I don't want to learn Italian right now, but second, you never know where that might take you. Amen? You never know what that click might bring. Right, Carrie? Right, Alan. There was this one time where I was, I Googled Jesus. And honestly, it took me, I mean, I didn't click, but the next link was something nasty. I mean, clicking, Googling Jesus, but somehow... The, the trail was bad, and it just took my breath away. I couldn't believe that something nasty could pop up so, so quick. We have to be careful, oh, so careful at what we look at and what we listen to. You know, but risky behavior um, includes, it goes far beyond just this type of um, sexual risk. We all have temptations, all have weaknesses, we all have those points where we might easily fall prey to taking a chance that would not be ha healthy for our 
families or ourselves. I think back years and years ago, I remember my, mo- my father talking about when he first came out of the service, and back then you didn't have all these games to change. You didn't have, uh, you know, the lottery and uh, all this various stuff. Basically, you had the racetracks in Delaware, and he went to Delaware Park with my mother's brother, his brother-in-law, a couple times. In fact, I think they won the Daily Double, and that's probably what spurred it on. And he said, you know, I got the bug. You know what the bug is? The bug stings you and you keep going back. And he went back and back to the point where he hocked his watch to have money to bet. And I am just so thankful that my dad saw what was going on and was able to say, whoa, <laughs> this can't be good, and put a seat. Because I, I don't think I was born yet. Long before I was born, he got a handle on that challenge. Thank the Lord, because that, that can absolutely destroy a family can it? Absolutely destroy a family when that takes over. So how much risk are you willing to take? Sometimes we take a risk without even really meaning to. So two years ago, many of you know, I fell and I broke the top of my humerus and it was a pretty bad break. And I ended up having surgery, and I've got a nice plate and eight screws in my arm. There's a lot of pain associated with that and through physical therapy and everything. And I had prescriptions, and one of those prescriptions was OxyContin. So I took them the way I was supposed to, and I actually took them less than the way I was supposed to. But one day, I realized that I took it before I had the pain that night so I could get a good night's sleep. And then I did it again. And then I did it again. And then one night I didn't do it and I started feeling my skin crawl. One stinking Oxycontin a night. And I knew I was in trouble. And so what did I do? What do you do with something like this? Because I know I'm not alone here in this. So the first thing I did was pray to God. God told me to dump everything out. Then I confessed to Alan. I confessed to my small group, confessed to people who are close to me, got an accountability team around me, and over a period of a couple weeks, came through it and got to the other side. I didn't mean to get addicted. It just happened. But those are risks we take sometimes. And, you know, I've hesitated to share this because I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way. But it's important to do a self-examination every single day about those things in our lives, what we're doing. In fact, self-examination is our spiritual discipline of the month. Had I not done that and dug deep, and sought God and sought help, I could have been in trouble much more than I was. You know, a couple rough weeks, and now, you know, everything's okay, but I have to be on guard. I have guardrails in place now. For example, I was sick. I needed Benadryl. Alan says, let's get this one. It saves money. I said, no, let's just get 12. Don't want to get messed up on this stuff again. Put guardrails in place. That's all I'm going to say. So here's a shout out to the believers 
here this morning. Just because you're saved doesn't make you immune to these challenges. You know, well, Jesus will take care of doesn't make you immune. If anything, the challenges are greater. Because when Jesus has us, Satan wants us that much more. Never forget, Satan's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal our joy, kill our spirit, destroy our lives. That's, that's his goal. That's his mission. And so we have to be ever more on guard, more cautious, more careful, and less complacent when it comes to our choices as believers. We've got to have our guardrails in place. Well, risky behavior often um, has to do with who we hang out with, too. If you're a parent, you're very careful, you watch your kids, you want them to hang out with good influences rather than ones that would bring our kids down. But that is true for us, too. We need to be careful who we do life with, those people who will hold us accountable and bring us up rather than take us down a road where we find ourselves not wanting to be. There's an old saying, same input expecting different outcome is a mark of insanity. And it's true. Apostle Paul shares an idea in the letter to his church, to the church of the Galatians. <clears throat> Some you've probably heard before, but it often it certainly bears repeating. Paul said this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. Say that with me, will you? But you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary. Don't get tired of doing what's right. For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us <clears throat> work for the good of all, and especially those of the family of faith. And so this scripture is as true today as it was when it was written a couple thousand years ago. You reap what you sow. We take chances. And when we take those chances, pretty, you know... We might end up going the wrong way. When we do things that are contrary to God, we end up finding ourselves in places that are contrary to what God would want for us. So Paul says, don't grow weary of doing good. Do what is right. Work for good. Don't take unrighteous risks. God wants us to take risks for the kingdom but not risks that are out of order of what he wants for our lives. So back to the arcade. The arcade, we put our money down, we take the risks, and we play the games. Many of those, you get the little tickets come out, right? The little tickets come out of the machine. At the end of the day, you take the tickets, and you go over to the counter, the little... Redemption. I love it. Funland and Rehoboth. It says Redemption Center. It sounds like a church, doesn't it? The Redemption Center. <laughs> the thing is, for us, for those who believe in Jesus Christ, <clears throat> the prize has already been won. Jesus already paid the price. Jesus took the risk. And we've already been redeemed. He's already made the exchange, exchanging his death on the cross for a new life for you and me starting today and lasting through eternity. 
All we have to do is what Scripture tells us, believe and declare. All we have to do is believe, believe that Jesus died for us and declare that he is the Savior. The Apostle Paul teaches that in Romans chapter 10. Let's take a look. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is in your heart that you believe and are justified. That means made right. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For say the rest with me. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so you don't have to put the ball through the hoop. You don't have to have your horse come across the finish line before everybody else's. You don't have to have that little ring stay on the Coke bottle. You don't have to knock all the milk bottles down with a single throw, and you don't have to do anything. Anything, because it's already been done. It's already been done by Jesus. For those of you in the room who are Christ followers, get your guardrails in place, have good boundaries, and every single day confess that Jesus is Lord and put your trust in him. For those in the room who are exploring what a relationship with Christ is about, just keep exploring it. Keep asking questions. You're not here by accident. We are so glad that you've joined us. And just maybe today, just maybe today's the day to say, okay, I can't really see, but I'm going to believe. I can't see the air, but I believe it's there. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus Christ is Lord and came for every single one of us. No matter what our past is, no matter what's going on in our present, because he came to save us from ourselves, to give us freedom. Let's not play like we're in an arcade and just risk, 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 but let's risk for Christ. That's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you. Thank you that you are Lord and that you came to save us. God, we just want to shout your name from the rooftops for giving us life and breath and purpose and reason. And when we can't, when we feel like we don't have strength for the next moment, Lord, as we call out your name, I know that you can fill us with that. We're weak, but you're strong. So God, thank you. Help us keep those guardrails in place. Help us not, you know, live life in a, in a crazy, nonchalant way, but a very purposeful way with our eyes fixed on you. Thank you for our worship today, for you and for one another. We pray this in your name. Everybody gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com connectioncc. You can also contact our church office 
at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.